You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 323, Book Preview, When the Seas Turn to Blood. Well, I'm really happy to announce that uh, I've got a new book coming out probably in the next four to six weeks. That's what I'm shooting for. I've had a lot of people asking, when's the next novel coming out? And I really appreciate that. So I wanted to give you a little preview, kind of let you know where this fits in with what, what I've been writing lately with as far as fiction. Of course, most of you who have been following me, you know I wrote the six-book series, the Zombie Terror War series, great feedback. Uh, so many people love that, even having a conversation today with somebody who was um, just finding the series, really enjoying it. This is the next series. This is the... Uh, the first book in that series was called Storm Clouds Rising, a Chuck McCain novel, Volume 1. And so this was the, the first book in that series. This will be Book 2. Now, as far as the title, that's my working title. That'll probably be what it is, but it could it could get tweaked as well. So um, there'll be a link in the show notes if you want to go ahead and read Storm Clouds Rising. That would sure get you ready for um, Book 2 when it comes out. Again, this uh, the book that we're, we're, we're going to be previewing here in just a second is called When the Seas Turn to Blood, a Chuck McCain novel, Book 2, or Volume 2. And, um, and like I say, there'll be a link in the show notes for the first one, Storm Clouds Rising, a Chuck McCain novel, Volume 1. So by all means, check that out. So let me set the scene up. Uh, the, the basic premise of this book is uh, terror cells in the United States are targeting uh, key cities. The, the, the FBI is trying to deal with it. CIA is trying to deal with it. How do you stop terror cells when you don't even know who these people are? They've been sleeping, uh, what, what you would call a sleeper cell, and all of a sudden they wake up or they're given their orders and they start launching attacks. How do we stop that? Um, it's actually kind of a chilling uh, narrative. Could this possibly happen? Um, so in this, this first scene that I'm going to read to you, it's taken from the middle of chapter 3. There's been a, a major terrorist incident inside of Washington, D.C., uh, next to the Metro Police headquarters. And so this is in the middle of the chapter. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but I think this excerpt will give you a bit of the action. So we're going to start off. I'm going to read a section to you, and, and I think you'll enjoy it. Near the Metro Police HQ, Washington, D.C., Monday... 9.45 a.m. Detective Sergeant Dan Lawson had been reviewing investigator reports from his squad of six major felony detectives when the vehicle bomb went off. Thankfully, his fourth-floor office was in the front of the large brick building and didn't have any windows, but the blast still reverberated through police headquarters. Lawson pushed his large frame away from the desk, jumping to his feet and joining the crowd in the hallway 
who were trying to figure out what had just happened. At 53, the sergeant was less than a year away from having his 30 years in and being able to retire. He had resigned himself to the fact that he would never make lieutenant. Dan had been told throughout his career that he was too blunt and that he needed to use more discretion in how he related to the department's administrators. Lawson wasn't rude or disrespectful, but he also called bullshit when he saw it and had never been afraid to stand up for his officers. His troops had loved him when he was a uniformed sergeant, and his detectives loved him now. Their respect meant more to Dan than the gold bars of a lieutenant. Plainclothes investigators and uniformed officers surged out of the building to see the remains of a white van lying on its side, consumed in flames. Sitting behind a desk for the last five years had not been conducive to Lawson's health, and he was panting for breath by the time he got down to the street. His doctor had been telling him to lose weight, but the heavy man liked to eat and enjoyed a few beers every evening. The sergeant paused for a moment to catch his breath just outside the middle set of double doors, all six of them now glassless from the blast. Bodies and parts of bodies lay scattered around the area. Police paramedics, court security officers, and civilians were already performing first aid on the wounded. As Lawson's breathing came under control, movement from the third street end of the block caught his attention. The two sprinting figures were carrying rifles and opened fire on a marked police cruiser at the corner before starting down C Street, shooting at the throng of people out in the open. The detective drew his Glock and crouched at the top of the seven-step landing leading down to the sidewalk. He braced his pistol on the metal handrail and sighted in on the lead terrorist at least 70 yards away. Other officers were firing at the shooters, but the AK-47 rounds forced most of the cops to dive for cover. Dan might be out of shape and have a beer gut, but he was at the range at least once a week, keeping his skills sharp. He had, however, only attempted a shot this far with a handgun once on a bet with a couple of friends while shooting at the 100-yard rifle range. Lawson had landed four out of six rounds from his Glock on a man-sized silhouette, winning the bet and savoring the beer that the losers had bought him. He placed the front sight of the pistol on one of the AK-wielding men, Lawson then raised the muzzle of his 40 caliber Glock six inches to account for bullet drop and squeezed the trigger. The terrorist screamed and landed hard on the asphalt. Dan quickly fired several shots at the other gunman but missed the moving target. Just as the detective pulled himself to his feet and rushed down the steps to get closer to the action, a voice screamed, Allah Akbar! and was followed by a flash and a roar that slammed him down hard to the sidewalk. More shrieks followed the explosion as additional injured people yelled for help. Suddenly, gunshots echoed from the other end of the street. Dan crawled behind a police car, parked against the curb, using it for cover as he carefully surveyed the new threat. Two other black men, also armed with rifles, moved up C Street from the direction of 6th Street. This pair was smart, 
staying on opposite sides of the road and using parked vehicles for cover as they moved and shot. Several officers were bunched up behind a minivan to Lawson's right, attempting to return fire. When there was a lull in the shooting, the group of officers rushed towards the black BMW the gunman was crouched behind just 30 yards away. The problem was there was still another terrorist on the opposite side of the street who could engage the six officers now out in the open. Dan charged as fast as his 53-year-old frame would let him across the street and angled towards the other shooter. The sergeant glanced over his shoulder as gunfire erupted again, his colleagues pumping bullets into the terrorist as he charged them from behind the BMW. Lawson recognized the black suicide vest that the man was wearing, but there was no time to scream a warning as the killer exploded, taking all six police officers with him into the afterlife. Lawson just managed to throw himself behind the engine block of a Cadillac Escalade. The windows of the SUV were blown out with several bits of the safety glass embedding themselves in the detective's back, arms, and scalp. While still slightly dazed and bleeding, the cop knew that he had to get to the last shooter before he could hurt anyone else. Somehow the officer forced himself to his feet and advanced, his pistol up and ready towards the red Ford pickup that the bad guy was crouched behind. The detective could hear the gunman work the action of the AK and then saw him stand, surprise in his eyes at the plainclothes officer just 20 feet away. The killer attempted to raise the rifle, but Lawson pumped four 40 caliber hollow points into his throat and face, aiming high to avoid hitting the explosive vest. The terrorist collapsed out of sight behind the vehicle. Dan paused quickly to reload his pistol, not sure how many rounds he had fired, but not wanting to run dry. He then advanced slowly around the pickup until he could see that the shooter was down and not moving, his lifeless eyes staring into the sky. Normally, the cop would move in and handcuff a suspect who had been shot, but the explosive vest convinced him to wait until more help arrived. Lawson slumped against the truck and slid to a seated position on the pavement, a wave of exhaustion sweeping over him. After leaving the coffee shop, Musa Khan walked another block to where he had parked. He stood for several minutes listening to the explosions in the shootout. Only two secondary explosions, he mused. Did only two of my men manage to detonate their vest? When the second vest had exploded, four more gunshots sounded seconds later. After that, the only noise was of sirens rushing toward the scene. Musa climbed into his rental, pointing his vehicle towards Trenton, New Jersey. He would be at his safe house there within three hours. There was plenty of time to listen to the news coverage on the radio. Now it was time to prepare for the next attack on America. Well, I hope that gives you an idea of what this next novel is going to be. Um, there was no narrative. I mean, there was no uh, conversation in this section. I just kind of wanted to give you some narrative. Um, you know, there's plenty of great action. There's plenty of great. Um, actually, some of the same characters from some of my other books are are here. And um, if you enjoyed those, you'll love this as well. So, 
keep uh, keep an eye out. I'll be giving you more notice as we move along, but I wanted to give you a taste of the book. Like I say, if this is something you think you might enjoy, by all means, check out Volume 1, Storm Clouds Rising. Um, I think you'll uh, you'll really enjoy the story there. It's um, There's some of the stuff, I mean, it's right out of the headlines. And, uh, and I think you'll really, really enjoy the story, the characters, and, um, you know, and I'd love to hear your feedback. So by all means, check it out. Enjoy this little excerpt, and I will see you next week on Leading and Learning. Mm-hmm.